Hello, this is Andrew Levy, and I would like to introduce a new series of podcasts which we're going to be putting out during the course of this year and hopefully into the future. I've called them practice notes because what they really are are practical information, practical advice on how to manage situations. Um, But here's the rub. These situations very often arise out of court cases, and very often, uh, sad to say, the court cases are wrong. And so what happens, particularly because there's this blind faith in, in, in fact, it's almost an industry in South Africa where, you know, people say, have you seen the latest court case? And all of a sudden, the world is turned upside down. It's actually not like that. Firstly, the circumstances have to be the same, and they're not always. But more importantly, from time to time, courts will get it wrong. And I'd like to talk about two instances of that, which you will all recognize, because undoubtedly, you've all come across them. And the first one is this vexed question of do I have to have a hearing before I suspend someone? So sometime in the past, um, an acting judge on the Labour Court um, perhaps took the Audi Ultra Impartem rule a little bit too far and said if you suspend someone uh, without a hearing beforehand, um, that is an unfair suspension which is rather odd because in point of fact you are suspending a person because you need to do an investigation and the continued presence of that person in the workplace for one reason or another is going to hamper the investigation or cause stress and difficulty amongst the staff. An example could be someone who is being investigated for sexual harassment. You may not want him on the premises. Someone who has committed fraud, you certainly don't want around to destroy evidence. So now you've got to have this hearing before you can suspend, and that, of course, tells them what's coming. It was wrong. It was always wrong. And I'm happy to say that the Constitutional Court dealt with this issue towards the end of last year, and they said no. Provided the suspension is used on a precautionary basis, then in fact it's not a disciplinary implement, and hence you don't have to have a hearing. It is to investigate and to make sure that you have a clear field for the investigation. So happily, that seems to be a thing of the past. So what's the practical takeout from this? Very simply, when you send a letter of suspension, head it precautionary suspension and always refer to it as a precautionary suspension. The second point I'd like to talk about is this thorny question of people who march into your office and say, I resign with immediate effect. Now, there is no such thing. It doesn't exist. Uh, You can hardly chain them to their desks and force them to work their notice. But the key thing is that you can't stop someone resigning. You, You could never, ever say, I don't accept your resignation. Then they wouldn't be an employee. They would be a slave. So in point of fact, once they resign, the employer then has the choice as to whether or not to hold them to notice. And the employer can certainly do that or demand payment in lieu. And if they don't honor that contractual commitment, it's also set out in the BCEA, that's a breach of contract, you're entitled to damages. Now, how does this occur in a practical sense? Someone faces a disciplinary inquiry, uh, and I had another one of these cases within the last seven days. They know they're guilty. They don't want it on their record that they were dismissed for theft or fraud, and so they resign with immediate effect. Now, the advice we've always given is you simply say, well, I'm holding you to your notice period. Come to the hearing, and if you don't, 
the hearing will take place in your absence. And that's been good. It's good in law, it's good in theory, and it works in practice. Unfortunately, two years ago, we had a judge in the Labour Court who didn't perhaps quite grasp the nuances of the case. Um, And remember, of course, when a lawyer says with respect, what he's really saying is with no respect at all. Um, But with respect to the court, and I do mean that, I don't want to get done for contempt, um, the judge said no. Once the employee resigns, you can't not accept the resignation, the employment relationship ends, and you cannot hold a disciplinary hearing. That was a case with KPMG. Again, it went on uh, appeal, it went up through the courts, and happily the uh, senior courts turned around and said, no, that was absolutely wrong. It didn't take the principial contract's uh, obligations into account. It was a breach of contract, and the employer is quite entitled to insist that the employee comes to the hearing, and if they don't, to continue in their absence. Now, this leads to two issues. The first is that we have a special name uh, in employment law for someone who leaves the place of employment in breach of their notice period without the intention to return. And we call these people deserters. So you are quite entitled when somebody asks for a reference to say, well, so-and-so deserted in breach of their notice provisions in the face of a disciplinary hearing, which continued in their absence and they were found guilty of the charges of theft or fraud or whatever the case may be. And, of course, based on that sort of uh, uh, feedback, uh, they're not going to hire them. Now, the other point we might as well just put away from a practical point of view now is this notion that you can't give a reference or if you give a bad reference, that can be defamation. Absolutely not, under no circumstances. If you act maliciously and you deliberately do it and you falsify things, then you could be open to action. But remember, the finest defense to an allegation of defamation is I speak the truth. And if you speak the truth, you never, ever defame anybody. So don't be afraid. And if you are in that situation, then you can certainly talk about the circumstances under which the employee left you. And when they do resign with immediate effect, you can turn around and say to them, you're a deserter. um, And if we're asked for a reference, that's exactly what we would say. Um, On the other hand, just in closing, you might be delighted to see the employee go in which case you'll say simply, well, I waive the notice period, pack your bags, and um, goodbye. So there we are, two thoughts of uh, practical uh, nature. Um, Hope they help you, and if you have any queries or questions around them, please feel free to give me a call, Andrew Levy at uh, plus 27836505001, or drop me an email, andrew at andrewlevy, one word, and the Levy is L-E-V-Y, not like the genes, uh, .co.za, and I'd be delighted to talk to you. So thanks for listening. Goodbye, and um, we'll see you hopefully next time. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.